Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy JN Fiend Phoenix. I'm in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned into Pop Culture, aka Pop Culture. Pop, 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 pop. Today, we are talking about something that's been in the news. Jeremy, I know you saw it. I sent it to you. Read it in the New York Post and lots of other places. But there is a dude, a Columbia professor, as a matter of fact who says, I do heroin regularly for work-life balance. Now, Jeremy, when you think of work-life balance, is heroin ever a part of the equation? What in the doggone world? When you sent me this, I thought he was talking about, like, marijuana. Like, I was going to say, okay, I kind of hear what you're saying. You know, you do you, you know. It's illegal in some states around the country. And then I read closely. Heroin? Brand. Heroin. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this guy real? Is this guy for real? Come on now. He wrote a whole <laughs> book called Drug Use for Grownups Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. He wrote a whole book on this subject. That's how passionate he is about being able to do his heroin. His I smack. hope he makes a lot of money off of that book because that's the last thing he's going to do <laughs> that's going to be worth anything. Is he serious? I'm not sure if this dude understands how heroin works. Heroin is not one of those chill drugs. Now, he says he's been doing it for a long time, and he only snorts it. He says snorting lines at the end of the day is a great way for him to relax and get prepared and refreshed for the next day. And I'm thinking, bro, that is not how heroin works. That's not how it works. He does say he experiences withdrawals for 12 to 16 hours after the last dose. I'm thinking that might impact your work. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. No, he's crazy. No, he's not crazy. He's high on heroin. (laughs) (laughs) He's a dope fiend. The dude is doped up. But anyway, he's... (laughs) I just can't believe people sometimes. I got to be honest. I cannot believe people. How are you going to come out your face and not even be a little bit embarrassed to to say, I do heroin regularly? I don't get it, Brandon. I don't get it. Heroin of all drugs... Like, I don't do any drugs, period, but I heard on the streets, that's right, the streets, I heard on the streets, heroin is the worst. And there, here you are, a professor, talking about you regularly use heroin. First of all, maybe think, does Columbia not have regular drug tests? Obviously not. Definitely then not. This dude, then this dude going to come out and say that he does it, and he has withdrawals every 12 to 16. What is wrong with people? Well, it reminds me of this King of the Hill episode where Bobby's dancing in the street, and, and Hank says, Bobby, people are going to think we didn't teach you shame, and I know me and your mother did. 
And that's the problem in this world. Some people are not taught shame. This dude has no shame. He's just out here living his life. It'd be one thing if he was like, this is what I do. And that's fine because that's your business. It's another thing when you encourage other people to do it. Because you know, like there may be some professions where you can get away with doing heroin recreationally if somehow you don't get addicted to it. There, there probably are. Race car drivers, not one of them. Bus, school bus drivers, not one of them. Okay? Doctor, nurse, not one of them. But maybe Pilot, professor, police officer, <laughs> police officer, Mr. Officer. No, I just wish I just wish he had more sense than to tell other people that they should feel comfortable doing drugs. Hard no, drugs. you know what? You know what? You said have more sense. I think this is a good thing so he can catch his butt and make sure, <laughs> make sure he's not teaching no more classes. I just I can't get over this. The, when you said it to me and I realized he was talking about heroin, I'm like, well, I mean, there's no justification, bruh. It's like, you know, it's like when you're sitting in a group of friends, you're like, yeah, remember that one time? Don't we all do it? And everybody looks at you like, nah, bruh, nah. that's all you. Nah, Ain't you on your own, G. That. Yeah, you on your own, G. So hopefully he appreciates this little bit of publicity, this little bit of money, the book that he's selling, because hopefully this is his last step, because can't nobody be rocking with nobody doing heroin, okay? <laughs> heroin. Doing heroin. Heron, as they say in Harlem. But that's all we got for pop culture today. What do you guys think? Should people be able to do hard drugs and work? Should people be able to do hard drugs recreationally? A lot of people feel like it should be decriminalized. How do you feel about it? We're not getting political. We're just talking about the common sense of it. How do you feel? You heard the RVK's position. Tell us yours. Rack me, boys! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. Here we go, another I got five on it. Five questions, five answers. Your boy Jeremy Phoenix is back in the building. I'm here with my brother Brandon Phoenix, and we're going to do I got five on it. Hey, Jordan, take it away. Welcome to not just these raspy voice kids, but to all of you raspy voice kids. Today's I got five on it segment is about to be crazy. Here we go with the first blank. Coming back from 19 points down against Texas in the second half was blank. Exhilarating. Exhilarating to see us firing on all cylinders. Exhilarating to see Sean McNeil going off. Exhilarating to see that this was not a one-time trick that we pulled in the past, but it was something that we can do whenever we want to flip the switch. I love to be a team that can flip the switch, and this team can flip the switch. It was exhilarating. For me, it was Mental toughness. When you get to the tournament, when you get into big time games, you have to have obviously physical toughness and continue to power through when you get tired. But you have that mental toughness coming back from 19 down. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. They switched up defenses. Uh, Huggins switched up the defense. Mental toughness. That's a part of what you need if you're going to compete in the NCAA for the Final Four for the championship, big-time mental toughness. Number two, going two-for-two against Georgia State in baseball made you feel blank. Deja vu. It felt like deja vu. Lots of hype, lots of excitement, and then we go out and stay even in one game getting blasted 20-4 to by a team that should not be on our level, that should be mediocre compared to where we are as a solid, solid top 15 team preseason now we're still number 23 but i gotta be honest it felt like deja vu for me the word is melancholy what in the melancholy that's in the words of uh oh man i can't remember the the cartoon's name but the, but the actual word is melancholy i was i don't know i was down because here we go man with so much hype big time all-american pitcher 
Um, finally, we're ranked number 14 and, and we lost. And I would like to say, you know, I didn't care or, you know, I felt this or felt that, but I cared. Um, it honestly took a little bit out of my the wind out of my sails a little bit for this baseball season. I know it's a long year. I know there's a lot of ups and downs in baseball, and I know we're going to be back to playing well. But in the time that it happened, especially because we went down um, one and two in the first three games, got spanked that third game by 20. I think the, the, the runs were like 20 to six. You know, I know I know we won Sunday to make it two to two overall for the series. But, you know, I felt a little melancholy, melancholy, man. I know there's five on it, but real quick. The pitching is young. It's going to struggle early. They're going to get better. I believe in that. And I believe in Coach Maisie. So let me just say that while I say deja vu. Number three. Constantly rescheduling Baylor is getting blank. Better. It's getting better because it's working in our favor. Instead of having to go there and losing a game, we get them at home now. So we still get to play them, but we get them at home. Four-game stretch to end the season, Hugs has four chances to get win to get wins number eight ninety eight, eight ninety nine, and nine hundred in the Coliseum in Morgantown, West Virginia. It's getting better. I like that. I kind of went along those lines too. Constantly rescheduling Baylor is getting it right. Look, you're gonna be scared to play us. You're gonna keep trying to postpone our games. Then fine. If we only play one game, you should be playing in Morgantown. We should be coming to Baylor. You're going to keep rescheduling us. That's fine. But if we only have one game, you bring us up to Morgantown. You got it right. Number three. The last play in the WVU Texas basketball game was blank. Oh, well. That's my answer. It was, oh, well. Things happen. They happen against us all the time. Now, this year, it feels like we've gotten a lot of calls in our favor. I got to be honest. It feels that way. People are going to say that uh, Deuce McBride fouled Sims to end the game, but are they going to call the foul when Texas was clearing out the paint, the moving screens? They didn't call that. I don't mind that they didn't call the last play a foul. Oh, well, is my answer. The last play of the Texas game was ain't a foul. That's my answer. Ain't a foul. It wasn't a foul. You know why? Because fouls get called. If it was a foul, he didn't watch the line. He clearly didn't go to the line. There was no whistle blown. Wasn't a foul. Quit crying. Quit babying. Hey, look, I can say a lot of other things. I can keep it real, and I am keeping it real. Most importantly, I'm keeping it real about how I feel. And the way I feel is I don't care about you, Texas. I don't care about these bad calls. I don't care about none of it. Because when it happens to us, you say, quit crying, quit whining. And that's what I'm going to say right now. A win is a win. A W is a W. It wasn't a foul. They didn't call it. Bingo, bango, boombo. <laughs> Give us a W. Let's move on. Number five. Gabe Osaboyan's flipping the bird to the crowd as he left TCU was blank. Not surprising. <laughs> I wish I could say otherwise, but it was not surprising. The fans are probably chirping, and Gabe ain't about that. Gabe's about business. You want to talk? Gabe's going to talk back. And sometimes he does sign language, and that's what he decided on this past game. So, Hugs got him out of there. sign language. <laughs> Hugs got him out of there. Uh, and also, he may not have been flipping the bird. He may have just been showing them where, where they're from, making the state symbol, the state, the state outline. We really don't know because we haven't talked to Gabe O. So, we'll have to wait and see. But it was not surprising to me. For me, it was, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. You know, sometimes your emotions get the best of a player. Um, he let it spill over. You, he shouldn't do that. Obviously, it looks bad on the program and bad on him. Um, but, you know, you never know what was said. It was unfortunate. But I'll also say we can't trip over this and then overlook the fact that um, the Texas Tech coach sat on the middle of the court and crossed his arms like, haha, that's just funny. Like we see coaches who are a lot older, who are getting paid millions of dollars, act um, very elementary, a lot of times during games, yelling at referees, losing their cool. So if a player finally loses his cool at the end, I'm not saying it's right, but for me, it was just unfortunate. I, I wish he would have just, you know, put his hand in his pocket and rolled out. He didn't. I'm sure Huggins will address it, but I, I don't think it's a humongous deal. But you know what I mean? It was just unfortunate, especially after a win like that. There you have it. Five questions, five answers. We answered them. Tell us how you would answer our same fill in the blank 
I got five on Let it. Me voice. We're back for another segment. It's Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pit, joined by Jeremy, J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are talking all things Mountaineers, and today we're going to start with baseball. Baseball, play ball. The Mountaineers kicked it off in Georgia. They went 2-2 two and two against Georgia State. Correct, Jeremy? Yes, sir. And there were moments where they did not look good at all. 20-4 to four rings a bell. But what did you think about them overall? Man, we had a lot of people playing. Um, we have a lot of people hitting home runs this weekend. I Pilati, I think that's how you na- you call his name. Matt McCormick playing big, making plays defensively. We came up big. Um, for me, I, wa- I I listened to most of the very first game with Jackson Wolf, our preseason All American six three pitcher. It's interesting to me. He had 27 strikeouts in like five walks last year, all of last year. Now, granted, it was shortened because of COVID. And then in this first game, he had five walks in like the first three innings, hit a couple batters. But you know what? We powered through. We got the jitters out. We came through. Um, we were able to win. Um, and so we're 2-2 two and two at the end of the weekend. It's not exactly what I expected, but – Baseball, there's 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 a lot of time to go by. Obviously, we lost our number one um, shortstop due to injury. Now we're like rotating people around. We got freshmen all through the lineup. Maisie talked about how six freshmen played, true freshmen played. Um, what's his name? Kleska? Kleskla? Uh, I believe he played second baseman. He is a born and raised Mountaineer from West Virginia, and he's a true freshman, a frosh guy. So – um, we have a lot of reason to look up. We start out at number 14 higher than we've started out in what the past 50, 60 years, maybe ever. So hopefully, hopefully we turn the corner and we just keep going. Um, like I said, we, uh, we had a little ups and down this weekend. And I think the big thing is Brandon and it's, it's the same in all sports. It's a difference between being the hunter and being the hunted. And now for the first time in a long time, West Virginia baseball is now the hunted where teams are going to show up and play their best baseball against us because they know we're a quality opponent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sure. I mean, I, we saw flashes. We definitely saw flashes of what this team can be. But we also saw where this team actually is. And we're a long way from being good enough to host a regional. So hopefully we get that turned around and this team can mature at a pace that will allow it to have the kind of success that we have become accustomed to in Morgantown. Randy Maisie's an excellent skipper, so I see that happening. One thing I want to talk about, Jeremy, is he Randy Maisie's been advocating for baseball to be played in the summer, co- collegiate baseball to be played in the summer. How do you feel about that? Um, say that again? Randy Maisie's advocating that the season should start in the summer, that they should play through the summer as opposed to playing in the winter and spring. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it. If he's advocating it, I kind of go with along with whatever Maisie says because I feel like he has a good grasp of what we need and what the university and this program needs, what makes sense. So I'll go with whatever he says. But to be honest with you, I don't have a true feeling on it either way. I do. Baseball is made for summertime. It's not made for inclement weather. And it's certainly not made to be played in the Northeast um, in inclement weather. Baseball is naturally – for the days of summer. It just makes sense. Nothing else is going on, so there's less competition. Kids are out of school, so you get more attendance. I think it just makes perfect sense to have it in the summertime where it can be fully enjoyed by everybody. One thing I was thinking about um, to go away from your point was I was also going to Georgia State, and Georgia State's a good baseball program, and there's a lot of programs in um, baseball that you may not recognize as big names. Like we look at certain teams in college basketball, college football, and we're like, hey, they're big names. And you translate it to baseball, and it's not the same. I mean, you got like Cal Fullerton, who's a big-time baseball program, but in football and basketball, you don't see him anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Georgia State is a good baseball program. Though, you, though in basketball and football, you may think that they're you know mid-major or a small team. There's certain teams – that are just better at certain sports. And the more I thought about this, you know, there's a guy at work um, and his name is Dan and, and Dan kind of brought it out and I kind of agreed with him. 
it's not too foreign of a concept. Just think about it, Mountaineer Nation. Think about it. There's certain teams that play basketball that don't play football. Think about it. Georgetown, they don't have a football program, but they're a big-time basketball school. Gonzaga, Duke, Villanova, St. John's. These are teams that are specifically one sport more than, you know, more than anything else. So we've seen this before in other sports. In baseball, it's the same way, and there's certain teams that are better than than what we would realize as a household name. Georgia State is one of them. So um, going two and two against them, they're you know they're a worthy opponent. But hopefully we uh, we bounce back and get better for uh, the rest of the year. Time to bounce back. So All let's right. get to this West Virginia basketball game against Texas first. What do you think about the Texas game, Brandon? I don't like getting down so far. I don't like the defense that we played, but it's still my belief that if we make shots, we can stay in games. This team is not built defensively. It's just not. You've got players who are not good defenders. Jordan McCabe tries hard. He's not a good defender. Sean McNeil is much improved defensively, but he's not a good defender, not naturally. Taz Sherman struggles on the defensive end a lot of times, too. Those guys are Taz and and uh, Taz and Sean are gifted offensively. So when they're making shots, we're in the game. I don't care what we're doing defensively. Derek Culver um, is not a world beater defensively, but he's he's better again. He he when he when he really wants to be, he can put up some some resistance and make a difference in the paint. He's not your typical shot blocker, um, but he does have length, which makes it harder to finish around the rim. He's not been great there. But he's been serviceable. Do you um, think that this lack of size without Shibway will present a problem? I think it gives and it takes. You know, it gives and it takes. Um, it's a blessing and a malediction because our offense flows so much better without the size, without clogging the paint. But defensively and rebounding, as far as rebounding is concerned, we struggle. We're not going to be the team that we're used to seeing. We're not going to be the team that Mountaineer Nation is used to having on the court. Um, so yeah, it could present problems. If we play Michigan, Gonzaga, yes, it'll be a huge problem. The side Iowa. Yeah. With Luke, Luca Garza. Um, is it Luca or Luke? No, Luca, Luca Garza. Um, but I personally think that Iowa doesn't have enough around him to compete with us. I love the fight that I see in this team. I feel like we're a little undersized sometimes. Defensively, we're a little inept, to be honest with you. But the 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 fact to have confidence and hit shots, and more importantly, like I said, the mental toughness to be down 19, to realize you're not out of the game, and to keep fighting, I think that could pay big dividends, especially in the tournament. you got to have that. Um, and to see it uh, showing itself right now is big for us. I want to see how we finish up this year, the Big 12 tournament. But I think that that, um, all in all, we'll be ready for the NCAA tournament when it comes because I feel like we've played a lot of different games, a lot of different styles of games. We've been down. We've been up. We've had a little bit of it all, and I think our guys are ready to go, and they're not scared of the moment. Yeah, I agree. They're not afraid of anyone or anything, including being down 19. So it was amazing to see them come back. Like I, was I will saying, say – Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm going to say – let's be for real though. Great. Hey, look, I love the Huggins went zone, decided to cut down on the threes. It made a big dividend. We started coming back. But Brandon, those last two offensive possessions for West Virginia? Garbage. Oh, my goodness. I, I was understand. what in and actually, the I think world? It was three, I think it was three because out of a timeout, we get an air ball. A shot, sorry, a shot clock violation out of a timeout. So I think it was the last three possessions. I don't know if it was three. All I know is coming down the wire, we're up to – I saw Big Brian with the ball one time and nobody moving. And then the next one was McNeil with the ball and nobody moving. And I just kept thinking, how do we not have a play call? I'm I, How do we not come out of the timeout? How do we not have something? You know, we got the ball back. We had another chance. And, and it was just one-on-one basketball. How do we not have something called? Huggins and is both a legend. Them, Huggins and is both a legend. Of them, and, hold up, and both of them ended up in turnovers. Huggins is a legend. Huggins is a Hall of Famer. Way overdue for the Hall of Fame. Huggins is the greatest Mountaineer basketball coach in the history of WVU. He is not an offensive genius. He's not. Defensive, yes. Conditioning, yes. Motivation, for sure. Um, Engaging with the refs and and getting their attention, legendary, obviously. But on the offensive end, he's not the guy I look to and think, 
genius. I don't think of that. Mark Few, yeah, I think of that. Uh, anyway, so it doesn't surprise me. It does frustrate me when I see those circumstances, when I see those things happen. Hopefully we can get that cleaned up somehow before tournament time. I'm just glad we came away with the win because if we hadn't, I was going to be really upset because those last two possessions on offense, probably even from his words, I'm sure he's watching it too, thinking, what in the world? And that's what I thought. Are you serious? I'm so glad that somehow they didn't call foul on the last play and we got the win. But, uh, you know, stress Virginia. I'm sorry. That's what it is. That's what it'll always be. Speaking of stress Virginia, the number two team we were supposed to go to on Thursday night, it's not happening now. It's been rescheduled for next week. And fortunately for us, now they're coming to Morgantown. Brandon, what do you think about this fiasco, this up and down schedule, reschedule, postponement, uh, whatever, whatever that's going on with Baylor? It's easily easy to be frustrated by it. It's easy to blame people, to point fingers. We should be happy that we got this much out of the season with COVID. With the pauses, with the restarts, with the pandemic, I'm glad we've gotten this much and we've made it all the way to almost tournament time. In less than three weeks before Selection Sunday, we should be ecstatic that we've gotten this much milked out of this season. So the fact that we don't get to play Baylor at Baylor doesn't really bother me. That wasn't to our advantage anyway. And the way it shakes out, we get four home games to end the season, giving Huggins a chance to get 900 at home. I'm sorry, but I'm okay with it. I'm happy Me too. Sh- I'm, I'm happy that it shook out this way. Me too. I'm pumped. Bayless so scared. I don't care. Everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't say scared. Yeah, they've been scared. They've been they keep trying to reschedule. Okay, fine. You want to reschedule a million times? Then if we play one game, we're not coming to Waco. You're coming to Morgantown. I'm really pumped about this. I'm glad it's going to happen so far. I mean, they could also cancel the last minute like they've been doing, but I'm glad they're coming to Morgantown. Bring yourself Bears. At least this time they didn't cancel. It was the Big 12 who canceled the game. Yeah. My thing is this. Yeah, it's interesting they didn't cancel the Iowa State game that they just played. But anyway. Well, it's a lot harder uh, to cancel a game the day of than it is to cancel one for down the line. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, they're scared, okay? They're scared. So here we go. I I just want to speak about this one thing before we get on to the Mountaineer state of mind when we talk about Mountaineer numbers. That's right. Coming up on the next segment we're going to talk about the mountaineers who wore number 10 number 11 and number 12 but right now brandon real quick i want to just say this one thing they were talking about um scholarships that are available i think we have three scholarships maybe more in football that we're kind of holding on to um for the transfer portal and i heard somebody say that we don't need to look at any receivers for the west virginia transfer portal do you agree with that no we don't need any receivers so so you agree yeah, I agree. We don't need any receivers. Bray, I, I strongly disagree. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think if we fix the drops, that's a big if. It's a ridiculous thing to say, probably. It's a hot take. The the physical attributes of our receivers, we have size, we have speed, we've got everything that we need. I think we're okay at receiver if we can fix the drops. If you can't catch the ball, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. We have guys who have all kinds of skills, and maybe they'll show up. I'm hoping they'll show up. They have enough ability to show up. But for me to say, let's stand pat, last year I watched from the first game all the way to the last game, nothing but a rainstorm of drop passes over and over and over again. If we can get somebody from the transfer first, uh, excuse me, from the transfer portal who can actually hold on to the ball, who is a good receiver who can catch the ball when it's thrown to him, I'm sorry, I'll take that. Hey, these other guys step up and do what they are capable of doing. Awesome, the more the merrier. But I want somebody in here that I know for a fact is not going to drop the ball. I'm sorry. So when people I say, hey, we, we, don't, we don't need a transfer, no, yes, we do. All last year, it wasn't one, two, or three games. It wasn't four, five, or six games. It was a complete year from beginning to end where everybody dropped the rock. My whole thing is you only have so many scholarship positions, and offensive line is more important to me. I would also take a transfer quarterback if we had a dual threat option. Um, but that's just me. I think we're good at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. You know what? Garrett Green's going to be the quarterback. Should be the quarterback. I believe in him. I've been saying it for a long time. Daggy man, hopefully you prove me wrong because that means that you're straight up balling if you do. But I do think at receiver, I've seen enough to know that either you can catch or you can't. 
and that's the way I feel. And I hope these guys can show me this year they can catch. But until then, let's get somebody else in there who can catch the rock. That's me. That's how I feel. Anything else, Brandon? Nope. Oh, yeah. Shout to the uh, shout to the rifle team. Finishing the season in first place is a three-way tie, but first place is first place. If you ain't first, you're last, and we are not last. So shout to the rifle team once again, representing for the great Mountain State. Let's go Mountaineers. Also, let me talk about the defensive player, Buki Radley. He's from Oklahoma. He's number 44. That dude is a stud. He's in the transfer portal. Um, is it possible he comes to West Virginia? I have no clue. I've never talked to anybody. All I know is he's in the transfer portal, and he's a stud. He reminds me of the Honey Badger. I don't know if he's considering West Virginia. I just hope he is because the dude is an absolute stud. So number 44, Buki, baby, look to them country roads. I'm just giving you a shout-out. Hopefully you bring it home to the Mountain State. Anyway, let's get up for Mountaineer State of Mind. Boom. Wrap me, boys! Mountaineer state of mind. That's right. We think numbers. We think players. Straight off the top of the dome. I'm your boy, JN Phoenix. I'm with my brother, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate it. And we about to get it done. We about to get it on. We're going to talk about these numbers. 10, 11, and 12. Who do you remember who wore these jersey numbers? Starting with number 10. Brandon, you. No hey and Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton. That's right. We got the West Virginia boy. I believe he's from Bridgeport. Dylan Tonkery. Tonk. That's one I didn't have. I forgot all about Tonk. There you go, baby. Tonk. Shout, shout out to Dylan Tonkery. Um, and I think that's it for me. Okay. Well, I go with Mark Bolger. So we got Bolger for four and ten now. Yup. Jermaine Haley, what's your name? What about Squirt? I wondered if Squirt was 10. I literally was thinking that, but I couldn't remember. Jordan Thompson, baby. Squirt. He was always supposed to be great. He looked great in the spring. What about Adam Lenort? Oh, Adam Lenort. Hung out with him in the blue lot a few times. Cool guy. And the only reason why I remember this is because I drew a picture of him in elementary school. Sean Hackett. Oh, West did Virginia Sean boy. Hackett. Going way back. Sean Hackett in the building. It's very obvious Jeremy's better at this game than me. <laughs> so there we go. We got Tonk. We got Slayton, Bolger, Jermaine Haley, Jordan Thompson, Adam Lenore, and Sean Hackett. Number 10s, bro. All right. What about number 11s? Number 11. Uh, we've got Mike Ganzi. No, Ganzi was 20. Nice oh, try. Oh, my bad. Somebody was 11. Um, uh, hold on. Do you even think about this before we come on the show? <laughs> yeah, I do. Hold on. I have my number 11s ready. Did you? Oh, this is apparent. Am I going to strike out on 11s? I'm out. All right. All right. So we'll go Benaric first. Oh, duh. Adam Benaric. Infamous jo- Adam Benaric at this point. <laughs> Joe Alexander. Oh, there it is. Kevin White. Duh. Oh, and Bruce Irvin. What am I thinking? Bruce Irvin. What is wrong Goodness, with you? You are terrible at this game. <laughs> Tag somebody else in. Woo. And Brian King, my boy, Brian King. Oh, man. Brian King is one of the more underrated players in West Virginia University history. So the five that I had, I won't even say we, I had, <laughs> was Adam Benaric, Joe Alexander, Kevin White, Bruce Irvin, and Brian King. I got Bruce Irvin. You didn't say Bruce Irvin. I got Bruce Irvin. Okay, you did after. You said I struck out. But all right, you got it. All right, I'll give you. All right, whatever. Um, all right, lastly, lastly, lastly. Number 12. Number 12, we're going to ride with the GOAT, Geno Smith. 
the all-time leader in pretty much every pass category in West Virginia University history. Still trying to get the boy on the podcast, so get at us, Gino. We want you on, brother. So shout to Gino Smith, number 12. Strong with that one. Strong with that one. I like it. I like it. Then we got then we got Austin Kendall. Oh, that's right. Austin Kendall. Big shot. There you go. I did not get that one. Look at you. Look at you. Um, and I think I'm out. All right, my turn. Taz Sherman. Oh, duh. Gary Jennings. Nah, nice. Yes, that's right. He was number 12. I'm going to go way back, and I got this one off the top of the dome a few days ago. J.R. House. He was number 12? From Nitro. That's right. J.R. House. Don't get it twisted. J.R. House is the best quarterback I ever saw in high school. Well, that's a lie. I saw Joe Burrow multiple times in high school. Joe Burrow is the best I ever saw. But the best in the state of West Virginia, J.R. House. History. The last one I had, and I checked to make sure, but I already knew this and I wrote it down, Jabril Robinson, the boy from Clemson. You mean Jabril Peppers? No, Jabril Robinson, duh. Jabril Peppers played in Michigan. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Jabril Robinson, that's right. Defensive lineman came in. Oh, I got one. Was, Taj Austin. Was he number 12? He still is number 12. Okay. Okay. I don't really remember that. Okay. If you say so. Let me see. I'll check to make sure I got this right. <laughs> yeah, he's number 12. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Taj Austin. Hey, that's a big one. That's a big one, son. I got one. Current player, too. And the funny thing is, last night when I was watching Taz, I made a note to myself to remember Taz Sherman because he was 12, and I totally spaced. You should have got Ben Eric. You should have got Ben Eric because remember with, with Chris Hall, me texting? Yeah, you should have yeah, known. I got Ben Eric too. But I try to put anyway, Ben out of my mind for obvious reasons. Yeah, so anyway, those are our players. Mountaineer state of mind. That's what it is. Let us know who we missed. On to the next. Peace. Tango, Delta, nominal. Today, Emily Calandrelli has touched down with the raspy voice kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. I'm in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. And as mentioned today, we have with us an author, a scientist, an engineer, more than all of that, a mountaineer. Today, we have with us Emily Calandrelli. Emily, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So we're going to jump right into it. Normally, we do this at the end of an interview. But with this golden blue interview that we're doing today, we're going to start it off with rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is either or. All right. That's right. Get ready. Get ready, Brandon. Hit him with the uh, with the rapid fire. Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye? Uh, I mean, Bill Nye gave me a job, so Bill Nye. <laughs> Jupiter Bill. or Saturn? Jupiter. Way more beautiful. Okay. NASA or SpaceX? NASA. Uh, old school NASA. SpaceX wouldn't exist without, without NASA. I had a feeling okay. you might say that. WVU or MIT? WVU always. Are you kidding me? WVU yes, is yes. Come on. Basketball or football? Ah, football. My mom worked for the football office. Got to go with football. Good to know. Noted. West Virginia or California? West Virginia. I'm going on a West Virginia podcast. You think I'm going to say California here? No way. So she's not just smart. She's also savvy politically. That She's doing excellent so far. <laughs> Hit her with the real questions. Let's get it with the real questions, Brandon. Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Oh, Nacho Cheese Doritos. What is the best Pop-Tart? Uh, the original. Well, actually, no, S'mores. I love S'mores. S'mores, S'mores, S'mores. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take S'mores. Okay. That's acceptable. Best fast food French fry? Burger King. Burger King. Does ketchup Ooh. go on a hot dog? Yes. Yes, of course. Yes, we agree. We definitely a big concur. one. No, and here's a big one: Toy Story or The Lion King. 
Oh, I mean, Lion King has more nostalgia for me. So if I had to watch one movie over and over again, would probably be the Lion King. Yes, you win. You win. Brandon, you're wrong. I'm right. There you go. <laughs> She's killing it. She's killing it. Go on. The final one for me, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes, 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 pancakes. And now the Jeremy special. No, 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 no. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, you know, I don't drink soda, but I guess if I ever, like when I was younger and I did, I, it would always be Coke. If I, I could always taste if it was Pepsi and was like, well, get this out of here. Nobody asked for it's a funny jacket. Brain always says. <laughs> no one does that. No, we're not psychos. All right. The number one question that everybody around the world wants to know. There's one question that everybody wants to know. We've asked this to everybody who's ever came on. From from diplomats to to other people to big time sports uh, players, all kinds of people. We need a real answer and don't lie, because I can tell if you're lying, I'm gonna call you out. Real answer to this question: Do you pee in swimming pools? Oh yeah, of course. I of mean, of course. I, I, like <laughs> not like I enjoy doing it as a thing, but I have in the past. It's like people who have said they've never peed in the shower. Like, who are you trying to impress? Yes, Amen. not me, because I don't believe I love you. The real- I love the realness. She ain't front, she ain't fake. Real <laughs> talk. Because there's so many people we get on here and they just say, well, you know, uh, when, uh, yeah, yeah, you're lying. Everybody. I mean, like, now I'm a grown-up and I, I really try not to do it, but I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't done it in the past. Look, so- I told Brandon, I said, Never in my life, I don't care what body of water I've ever been in, never in my life, and people don't believe me, never in my life in a body of water have I ever gotten out to go use the bathroom. We've had a little bit of fun with rapid fire and asking you these questions. Now we want to talk about what brings you on the show. You're doing something special, trying really hard to be a part of Inspiration 4. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this is this is really wild. This has never happened before ever in the history of space exploration in the United States. And so a billionaire has bought a ticket to space with SpaceX. Um, and his name is Jared Isaacman. He has donated $100 million to St. Jude. And he's basically holding a contest to raffle off the other seats on the rocket as a way to make raise more, even more money for St. Jude. And one of the seats, the one I'm buying for is um, the prosperity seat. And it's for people who are entrepreneurial and you have to share your entrepreneurial uh, inspirational business story on Twitter. Um, And if you win, you literally get to go to space. Uh, Like I can't overstate how ridiculous this is and how incredible it is. Uh, So I have entered um, and I've told my story of being from West Virginia and of um, trying to make science more accessible for everyone. And my goal of making science more empathetic and being from West Virginia and what that means to me and all of these things. And in the running, I'm I from all the videos I've seen, I'm number two out of all the people that have applied, which is um, pretty exciting to even be that close. So um, I could use the help of any West Virginians up until this Sunday when the contest is over to go to my Twitter page. I'm at the space gal and reshare that video pinned to the top of my page. Amen. Hey, listen, all Mountaineers listening and everybody else across the country, go support Emily at, say it again, at the Space Gal. That's right. We got to support our fellow Mountaineers. We love what she's doing. We're going to get back on the subject of what she's doing. But as you were talking, it just hit me like I'm I'm wondering, there's a million space movies. What's your favorite space movie? Because <laughs> because uh, everything you're everything you're talking about makes me think like this is a movie like civilians going to space. I mean I know you're not a civilian, you're a scientist, and, and you're well educated, but this is a, incredible. What's what's your favorite space movie? Um, I love Contact. I love the humanness of Contact. I think that one's really good. It's also based off of um, a real human. So the character that was in the book, um, they had kind of um, written her after this woman named Jill Tarter, who's someone I've met and interviewed for my shows. And she is just such a real life inspiration. And so to see her life portrayed on the big screen is absolutely beautiful. Um, 
Yeah. That is so underrated right there. You said contact. And I feel like that is a hidden gem. And I'm not just saying it. That is one of my movies. I love it. My favorite thing is at the end where he says, it's not so much that we got static on the video. It's that we had, I don't know, like 18 hours of static, which proved <laughs> that she actually went. I, I love that movie. You forgot it's underrated. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Look, look, it's like 20 years old. If you haven't seen it, that's your fault. <laughs> I'm wondering, of all the things you've done, because you've done so many cool things, Inspiration 4 being another one of them, what's your favorite? Is it the TV show? Is it the Netflix series? Is it the book that you wrote, That you the books you've written? What is your favorite thing that you've been able to accomplish? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. I mean, I, I think like in my early years, my most favorite experience I've ever had was flying on the Vomit Comet through West Virginia University. Um, that was just such an incredible opportunity to do as a student. Uh, the vomit comet for people who don't know is a plane that flies in the air, like an 8,000 foot roller coaster so that the people and often the experiments, it's usually used as a laboratory, the science experiments inside float weightless, like you're in space. Um, it's also the way they've filmed, um, movies like Apollo 13. Um, and it's just a really, really cool plane. And I got to fly on it for free because I designed an experiment with West Virginia university and got accepted to fly on it with NASA. Um, so that was the coolest thing I had done in my early years, but obviously in my professional career, I think getting your own Netflix show is pretty ridiculous. It's the attention that that gets from families all over the world. The messages I've received from parents of little girls, it's, it that was just so incredibly life changing. That's awesome. We love that. I also love that you said that if you were able to win this contest, this Inspiration Four contest, that you're going to do a tour around the state of West Virginia. What will that absolutely? Entail? So, I mean, I would be the first West Virginia woman to go to space. There's really only been one main West Virginia astronaut, John McBride. There's another one who, uh, a guy that was like born in West Virginia, but then moved elsewhere when he was a kid. And so I don't know that, I mean, we can still claim him, but um, the astronaut everybody knows in West Virginia is John McBride. And he is uh, getting up there in age. And uh, I just, I think West Virginians need more people like that to look up to. And so if I were to win, I would bring the experience back to the people that it means the most to, which is people in Appalachia and people in West Virginia. And so I'd love to go to different communities and the different counties throughout West Virginia with the focus on counties in low income areas and just tell them the story of the girl from West Virginia who reached the stars because sometimes country roads lead to space. And it's just it's that would be the first time they would ever hear that story because that's abs that's never happened. Um, for a West Virginia woman. And I just, I would really, really love to have that experience and go and share that with people in West Virginia. Yeah, we absolutely, yeah, we absolutely love that. We support that so much. Do you know why the sky is blue and the sun is gold? Why, it, it, what, why is that? I mean, yes, but why? Because <laughs> God's a Mountaineer fan. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> No, when you were talking we, about that country roads lead to outer space, that gave me goosebumps. I got to be honest. It gave me goosebumps. I love that. I think, I mean, I'm imagining a T-shirt with that on it and just uh, like I would bring the entire state up with me. I just, I, I absolutely. Can't, I, oh, my gosh. I just like it makes me so emotional to imagine being able to bring this home for West Virginia. Like, Amen. Uh, yeah. And the fly and the flying mountaineer flag with you in space. That's so awesome that you're gonna take it with you. That's awesome. The flying WV <laughs> flying in space. I mean, can you imagine? It doesn't get any better than that. Once mm -hmm. again, tell them where do they need to go to support you? Say it again. At what? At the Space Gal on Twitter. Um, and if you don't have Twitter, you know, it's free to set one up, but uh, I'm not gonna force you to set one up. But if you don't have Twitter, they also have an uh Instagram account on it's called inspiration Four, the number four and you could spam their posts and tell them who you want to win that's right keep shouting it out because we need to get behind her we need to support her we need to see that flying WV in space from a West Virginia gal a mountain mama born and raised that's right well so Emily the time real quick no 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 we're not wrapping this up because I have a question sorry <laughs> Your time at WVU, do you have a special memory? Did you go to any games when you were there? 
Oh, yeah. Did I go to any games? I, I mean, I've gone to like every bowl game since I was born um, ever since, like could be as my mom worked for the football office. And so she had to work at the football bowl games and we would always go with her. And so I my family is obsessed with Mountaineer football. My brother, he's a, a West Virginia teacher. He is someone who can if you give him um, a score like like um, six. 14. He'll tell you all of the West Virginia football games over the last 30 years that ended in that score. Like wow. he's absolutely incredible. My, my family bleeds gold and blue, especially when it comes to do you, football. Do you so. have a favorite moment from one of them games? Oh, I mean, literally every bowl game is always so much fun because that's when all of my family gets together to be able to watch it. Because when they're home games, they're fun. And I'm usually with my friends and that's where I would watch them. But the bowl games are always fun. And when um, Don Nealon was the coach, I think I had some of the best memories there because he was just such a wonderful guy. Um, And being able to watch him coach and seeing the interactions he had with the football players. I mean, they're all they're all good memories. We love it. We love it. Diplomatic response once again. Emily, I thank you for saying you bleed gold and blue and not blue and gold. I love that you got that right because so many people get that wrong. I mean, you're just, oh, you're just out here stunting on everybody, letting them know who you really are. Once again, we have <laughs> Emily Calandrelli with us, the space gal, joining the Raspy Voice Kids for another gold and blue interview. Emily, we want to thank you so much for joining us. We want to do whatever we can to support what you're doing and make sure we can push you over the top for Inspiration 4. Hopefully you will be on that rocket headed outer space, representing for the entire Mountain State and all 1.6 million of us West Virginians. Mm, thank you, guys. I, I appreciate you. Well, we thank you. Hey, before I, oh, my bad. I thought you were wrapping it up. I thought that was done, Brady. My bad. No, you're good. What's up? No, no, no. I wanted to give a drop before she leaves. Oh, well, we want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids. Um, and we can't wait till this is out. It'll be out Thursday morning. You guys are listening to it now, so go ahead and do what she said. Follow the space gal, retweet her posted video, and make sure we get her over the top. But thank you. Rat me, boys! Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, lady. Show me what you got, Charlie. Show me what you got, baby. Hands up and wave, and wave, and wave, and wave. Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got. It's your boy, Brandon Phoenix, jumping in to finish this out, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. And at this point, I also hate Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb had the nerve to get on Twitter and complain about players who want to be in the All-Star game, who are not in the, in the NBA All-Star game, even though the players don't want to play in the NBA All-Star game. Now, on the surface, that sounds like it makes sense, right? It sounds like why would somebody complain about something they don't even actually want to play in? Well, Dougie G, as I once called him when I called into his radio show, Dougie G, let me explain this to you. There are contract incentives for, 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 for being named an all-star. There are Hall of Fame implications for players of that caliber for being named an all-star. If you ever watch when they list accolades, they will go down the list of how many all-star appearances a player made. It's not as simple as wanting to play in the game. There's more to it. Get your facts straight, Doug, before you go out trolling. I'm tired of it. He's always trolling. He's rarely right. Get it together. That's what I got. Sports Social Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.